Welcome to episode 27 of Trivial Arguments, the podcast that would feed the homeless if they just asked nicely. Peter's here for his third time on the mic. We'll discuss the highs and lows of the Cubs this season, where the team goes from here, and why the 20th anniversary of 2003 could be a season to remember. We'll also talk about other things at any given time. As always, we'll do some trivia and we'll probably get into some arguments. Without further ado, Peter, are you happy or sad that another Cub season has come and gone? That's a loaded question. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, 74 and 88. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess the way that the Cub season ended this year, I, I would say I'm happy. Um, I don't know if this was on a podcast. I was talking earlier prior to the season starting, but uh, I thought the Cubs were going to be a little more competitive this year. I think they finished third, technically. But yeah, third in the NL behind the, the Brewers, who did everything in their power to lose as the season wore on. So, well, they were, they sold at the deadline. So, yeah. <laughs> when they were in first, not many uh, mm. playoff teams sell. So, yeah, I think, I think if I remember correctly, I thought the Cubs were going to be roughly a 500 team going into the season with the potential if guys played to the levels they did at the end of last year of being better than that. Um, obviously, that didn't have, happen. Schwindel fizzled out. Wisdom, I think um, if I were the Cubs, I'd be moving on from at this point. Um, and then the, the pitching just wasn't healthy in the beginning of the year. So by the time they finally got rolling in the middle of the year, it was too late. The season was already over. I'm trying to find uh, like what they predicted the Cubs would be at um, record-wise. I think they're probably as close as um, so they could be to the projection. They probably were better than they were projected, honestly. Um, I'm assuming most people thought they'd probably lose 100 games. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the real surprise, if you think about the Cubs this year, and um, if you're somebody who follows – what all the all the writers or all the, the reporters say about the Cubs prior to the season is they thought the Cubs were either going to be competitive up until the trade deadline and then they were going to sell off Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ and not be competitive, or they thought they were not going to be competitive until the trade deadline and then sell off Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ and really be a pathetic <laughs> team in the second half. So I think if you think about it in that context, that they weren't good. They got and better after, after the trade deadline. After the trade deadline, they got much better. I, I think that's something that it's, it's a little more promising when you think of it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's like they had ample time to pretty much just plug and play almost anybody just because, I mean, you knew at the trade deadline that they weren't going to be, you know, a playoff team and they needed several miracles in order for that to happen. So, I mean, they basically got to test out a bunch of their minor league players just because they could. Exactly. And the, and the thing is that, that, that I take away when I really think about that with this Cubs team is um, I know, I know the, the, like the buzzwords this year were, were the next great Cubs team. Jet Hoyer like to keep talking about. Yeah. And um, I, I think when, when I think about that and I think about the, the players currently on the Cubs, positional players, at least maybe not pitchers, but the positional players, I don't necessarily think that Ian Happ is going to be around long-term. Yeah. Um, I don't think Zach McKinstry, David Bodie, Patrick Wisdom, Alfonso Rivas, 
keep going down that list. Even players like Nelson Velasquez hasn't really shown me anything yet. Right. I don't think any of those guys are guys that are going to be on that next great Cubs team. But what I do find interesting is that they turn it around with those guys, which to me speaks more towards the developmental staff um, and the coaching, even though specifically I, I, I don't think David Ross <laughs> has, has what it takes to lead that team. But, but as far as their developmental staff goes and um, the direction the Cubs are heading in, I, I, I think there's a lot more promise there than, than, um, than the 74 win team. Well, I think they also hired David Ross figuring that the next like three years or whatever after um, like the World Series and Madden that they figured, well, we're probably going to suck. So if David is at the forefront of it, maybe that'll cushion the blow for most people. Like, oh, well, we like David. So like I'll trust David while we <laughs> figure this whole team out. And they figured that they could probably tell him what to do and he would do it because he didn't have any managerial experience. So maybe they thought he was a manager that they could just pull strings with and, you know. Yeah, I just I, I distinctly remember when David Ross got hired. The the sentiment was that we were going to hire somebody that was going to hold our stars accountable. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you remember, they were talking about Javi Baez actually just coming out and saying, you know what, I wasn't prepared for games when I was showing up. Yeah, I'm um, referring to Joe Madden and, and how lenient he was on the stars. And, and it is curious to me that David Ross shows up and all the stars get worse to the point where they're trading them all away. Yeah. Yet here we still are with David Ross as, as the coach. And I know that's, that's a real harsh way to look at it, but, but that was why he was brought in. That was yeah. the sole purpose of the reason, at least that that's what they were telling us, unless that was a lie when, when they were saying that in the first place. Well, they dodged the cup convention for so long. I mean, I they probably were like, oh, it's because of, you know, COVID. But I was like, no, none of these guys want to be asked 50 questions about, hey, where's this team going? Because they're probably like, oh, uh, cough, cough, like another convention canceled. And they already announced that they're bringing it back. So they must think that they're going to have some answers that, you know, people well, people want to hear. They have to. I don't know if you saw the, the attendance numbers. Yeah. Um, I, I think the total number came out somewhere around 2.6 million um, in attendance this year. And I know it has been north of 3 million in the past, yeah. um, which is a lot of revenue lost. Um, and then I, I know mid season, there was an article that came out talking about Marquis subscriptions. I think it was like north of 20%, a north of a 20% decrease in subscriptions from last year to this year. Yeah. Um, so the amount of money they, didn't get this year, I think has to be showing them, you know, we, we have to spend it's, it, whether, whether we think it's time or not personally, I think it is time anyways, yeah. but they do have to spend this year in free agency. I, I kind of don't think it's going to be in the form of a DeGrom. I don't yeah. even think it's going to be in the form of a, of a Rodan, which is what everybody wants to talk about, but, yeah. but I do think they are going to spend, and I think they're going to spend significantly this off season. Well, I think they thought for sure the marquee network was going to be their like billion dollar baby. <laughs> I mean, it just ended up alienating a lot of people, you know, for either not having that channel or they've also been testing out Apple TV and YouTube and all these other things. And it's like, well, what was the point of that was terrible. your own specific network? If... Yeah, I, I don't know what your thoughts were on that, but but 
as much of a struggle it is in the first place just to get marquee. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people cut the cord. They don't have cable anymore. If, if that's the case, you only have one alternate outlet that you could get marquee off of. And, and that's not like Hulu TV is the big one. And it's not yeah. even on there. Right. Um, so to go through all the trouble that it takes to get marquee and then turn it on and have them not <laughs> playing on there that night is, yeah. is, is pretty disappointing. You have to look it up and they're on Apple TV today because it's mm-hmm. their Friday night baseball. And it's like the whole point was you're supposed to be drawing more people towards the sport. And then you separate it over five different apps or whatever. It's it, like that made no sense. Exactly. And, and, you know, like like the old the old adage, the, the Cubs were, were the lovable losers. Yeah. And, and how... It, it tends to be, or at least in, in my opinion, when, when you travel around the country, everybody kind of loves the Cubs and they have fine memories of the Cubs. I don't think really it was because they were the lovable losers. I think it was because they were on WGN <laughs> and there was ease of access to watch them. Yeah. And so so everybody has a childhood associated with watching the Cubs. Yeah. Um, they've completely taken away that ease of access to watching them. Yeah. So so to think long term that that's, that's healthy for the organization is, is not something that I think is, is very well thought out. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, I guess, depending on how you look at it, a blessing that the product was bad, that you turn on the marquee and we're like, Oh, I guess I don't have to watch. <laughs> I guess if I, if, <laughs> if I don't have access immediately and I don't have to go to a different app and log in, it's like, Oh, well, I guess I'll check my phone periodically while I do something else with my time. So maybe that was their plan altogether was they were self-sabotaging until the team got right. And then they were like, oh, like we heard your feedback. Here's the Cubs on their own network and we're going to give it to you at a discount. And it's like, oh, they were just baiting and switching us the the entire time. But I pulled up um, while you were talking what the this is Bleacher Reports, uh, April (laughs) season prediction. (laughs) So they had the Cubs at over under 75 and a half but here's their like blurb and <laughs> cubs are not ready to return to winning form just yet but let's monitor things on the north side signing marcus stroman immediately improves the cubs rotation as does the addition of wade miley who they claimed off waivers from the reds they also brought in catcher jan gomes and outfield stud clint frazier <laughs> on reasonable contracts relative to their roles The Cubs lack talent in the outfield before signing Japanese standout Seiya Suzuki, and their bullpen leaves a lot to be desired. (laughs) Chicago could surprise some people, but at first glance, it looks like another year for the lovable losers. They predicted them 79 and 83. So they lost five more games than Bleacher Report had them at. But I mean, when I like saw this like blurb, I was like, oh, the outfield stud Clint Frazier was going to be their saving Jackson grace. Frazier. Jackson Frazier. Yeah. <laughs> and, and their bullpen leaves a lot to be desired. Their so, bullpen was fantastic. Fair, I, I, I don't really remember what month. Did spring training start in April? Was sp- I, I wonder if spring training had already taken off at that point. Because I yeah, don't know if you remember see. Jackson Frazier. This was April 5th. So I think spring training hadn't started yet. I think they were a week, week or two late. All right, it's, it might so have been mid April. I, I could be misremembering. It might just be like a couple of highlights that I remember at the time. But I, I believe Jackson Frazier was actually one of the better performers 
in the entire Cubs organization during spring training this year. And then they didn't play him. Remember in the beginning of the season, they were, they were playing Jason Hayward at center. Frazier got almost no playing time. And then he just kind of collapsed in the, in the small amount of playing time he had from there. Um, It might've started on the 19th of March. So actually this was, yeah, about two weeks into the thing. So he might've been the hottest player on the team and, that's what they were writing about. Yeah, I, I, I think I remember at the time, I mean, obviously there's spring training lineups, but I think they were having a bat somewhere between three and five. And I remember talking to yeah. you about this and saying, you know what, if, if Frazier, what was in the, in the short 2020 season, yeah, he had a fantastic year. And I remember thinking to myself, well, it came down to, if it was playing time, that was the issue. Sure. But if that was not a flash in the pan and Frazier was legitimately a, someone who, who should be batting three to five in, in an MLB lineup. Yeah. The, the Cubs team could look a lot different than people thought it did. All right. You insert a Frazier, a, a 2020 Frazier in, into the heart of that Cubs lineup and, and things look a lot different really quickly. And he wasn't their worst hitter. I mean, he was a 216, but there was plenty of guys who weren't <laughs> batting 216. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The, yeah. the way he performed this season um, he, 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 he earned the, the demotion to triple a. Yeah. I mean, some guys take that in stride as like a, you know, it will, maybe it'll give me time to correct something or whatever. And some guys just absolutely like revolt and don't want any part sure. of it and don't go. And, 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 and credit to him for that too, because he did, he did just take the assignment and uh, played in Iowa. And, and I don't remember reading anything about any complaints yeah. Um, from from the games that I watched with him in Iowa after his demotion, um, I didn't notice anything. Although I don't think they would they would show that on air anyways. Yeah. But I mean, I'm looking at the like batting average of all the guys who are like still with the team, and I mean Simmons. Let's see, he was a 173. <laughs> uh, Villar, 222. Nelson, 203. I mean, it's not like he was really taking anybody's spot. Patrick Wisdom was a 207. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he was he was an outfielder. I mean, yeah. Frazier can't really play anywhere other than outfielder or DH. Yeah. The first half of this year, Wilson Contreras pretty much had the DH spot locked down. Right. Um, if it wasn't for the injury and the fact that Fran Mill Reyes came in, I, I think Contreras would have would have pretty much been the DH throughout this entire season. Yeah. Um, and the only outfield spot that was really available, you you knew you knew as soon as the Cubs signed Saya last in, in the offseason that there would have had to have been something catastrophic for him to lose his spot in right field. Yeah, they signed him. He he was the big free agency signing, um, and in the same way that the the Cubs have kind of been stuck with Jason Hayward for all these years because of the big free agency signing, um, it would be similar with Saya Suzuki, and and I think Saya Suzuki should have played in right field the entire year. I don't think at any point he deserved not to be playing there. Right. Um, but but you kind of figured center field was really the only position that was open for Frazier. Um, I don't think he's ever been that strong defensively. Yeah. I think I think there's a strong argument to be made that that he should have been playing over Rafi, Rafael Ortega, but well, I think o- o- Ortega might have seen like 
David Ross hit a kid with his car or something. That I mean, Ortega had, let's see, 371 plate appearances in 118 games. Why? <laughs> you know, have you, have you ever seen that stat? What do they call it? I, I want to say it's called a toot plan. It's it's yeah. it's a stat that that measures how many outs you run into on the bases. <laughs> yeah, and I think he led the league this tootin', year. Tootin' plan or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> if you look up that word and just type like space cu, Twitter will be like, oh Cubs, yeah, we've got the article pulled up. <laughs> we know exactly what you're trying to Google, and we have plenty of content. Kind <laughs> of think I'm looking at the rest of the these early April. Like reports, they had Pittsburgh losing 101 games, Cincinnati 79. Oh, sorry, 90. And we just beat them for their 100th loss. So, I mean, I don't think the NL Central is really locked up for years to come. I mean, I'd be super excited to never hear from Pulhole, Smolina, or Wainwright ever again. You don't know. I think Wainwright might be back. He pr- I mean, it'll just <laughs> never go, just away, but... go away. Yeah. <laughs> Did Molina announce his retirement, or am I just like no imagining? Well, yeah. I mean, I looked at that article or blurb, whatever it was, and I was like, I mean, like, what was he supposed to say? Like, I'm absolutely not going to play for these five teams. So, I mean, I didn't read it as like you know we're potentially going to lose him to the Cardinals. I read it as he was just like being polite. I mean. I don't think him and Molina ever got along, so I can't imagine he's rushing to be his predecessor, especially if you know the Cardinals don't offer him the most money. I, I, to, to be totally honest with you, um, we kind of talked about this the other day. If Wilson Contreras ends up going to the Cardinals, you have to understand like the circumstances that, that is going to be that that's going to be in. Um, that's going to be Wilson Contreras at over twenty million a year, yeah. As a catcher who's not good defensively, who doesn't call a great game, and the Cardinals are going to be giving up a second round pick to the Cubs for him. I mean, so that if, there are if, worse ways to lose. <laughs> correct. And in this, this is a, a what is he 30, 31 years old now? Yeah, he's a player be, who relies be 30 on his next year, I think. Yeah. You know, and and I, I know everybody loves his bat. Um, but at the end of the day, he, he batted 240. Yeah. He batted 240. Like, that's that's it. And, and I know he hit 22 home runs this year. I know I know he was he was much better in the first half of the season before the injuries came. Yeah. But I, I just I, – I don't see his value being worth $20 million. And I definitely don't see it being worth $20 million at the four- or five-year mark. Yeah, which, which is what he's going to want. I think that what I'm looking at is market values 16, 16 million. Is that based on on how they they take what war you made that year and, and they? Yeah, I mean, it's, it says his 22 you... salary was 9.6 million, and it's his market value AAV a little over 16 million. Okay, but I mean, he'll be and this is 31. Is, was, I think is by this, the start is of this next considered year. his best year in, in the majors. Um, I mean, it sounds that way. The, maybe. the way the media talked about him yeah. this, this year, it sounds that way. And are you saying just offensively or just all around? I mean, you'd have to say offensively. He was a DH more than half his time this year. Yeah. But I can't imagine the 240s is 
career best. Although I'm looking at it, and his career is two fifty six. Yeah, I mean that's so. that's the thing is is I love Wilson Contreras as much as the next guy, but people Same. who talk about him like he was some superstar or yeah. some catalyst to all this winning on the Cubs, they they just had they they're looking at him with rose colored goggles. Yeah, twenty twenty was two forty three. Last year two thirty seven. This year two forty three. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and then on top of that, what I'd be curious to see is in this second half where the Cubs went. What what did they win? I think I think they were winning like like five sixty five seventy. was it was their winning average? I think they won like fourteen of their last sixteen or something mm-hmm. like that. And I I would be curious to see how many of those games Wilson Contreras was even a part of. Um, yeah. Because it, it wasn't many. No, I'm sure there's like a an extended stat we could probably look at and spend a lot of time dissecting <laughs> the last like 50 games or whatever. Yeah, but and and that's the thing is like when I when I say all this stuff, I don't mean that I want Wilson Contreras to be gone. I just think that what it's going to take to lock up Wilson Contreras for another yeah. four or five year contract is much more than than what I think he's worth. Well, it's also the same people that think that, like, if you say the Cubs trading Rizzo, Brian, and Baez was the best thing they could have done, and they they look at you like, you know, you just smacked their grandma, <laughs> and they're like, what? they're the heart and soul of the Cubs. And I said, you're looking at it from your 2016 point of view, like, how could they possibly get rid of A, get rid of B? And I was like, did you actually look at the numbers? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, it. I cried when they traded Rizzo. My wife came home and thought somebody had died. And I said, yeah, somebody did die. <laughs> I said, Anthony Rizzo went to the Yankees. And she's like, who cares? And I was like, I care. And I just sat there for like two minutes, cried and was like, all right, like, now, now I got to move on. Yeah. So I was like, I understand the like, the latching on of how could there possibly be another Cub team without so-and-so or whatever. But I was like, you could say that about anybody. I didn't like when the Cubs traded Derek Lee, Aramis Ramirez. It was like all these guys that, you know, Sammy Sosa. I was like, you can sit here and run through a whole list of guys that, you know, would probably still be with the Cubs if they just offered them whatever money they were looking for, but it never would have benefited the team at all. Yeah. So. And I think actually, did, didn't it come out that the amount of money that Rizzo is making this year is less than what the Cubs offered him? Yeah. So, I mean, what, what do you want? Yeah. Is for all these Cubs fans who want to shake their fist at at Jed Hoyer and say you you screwed us. I mean, I I just yeah I just don't see it. Like I said, the jerk reaction that day, I was like, oh man, like you know, tomorrow playing without Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, I was like, that game's gonna suck. And then it was two games later, five games later, a year later, and it was like, mm-hmm. you know, Baez isn't doing that great. Rizzo's gonna be in the playoffs, and he hit. 30 plus home runs, 40, whatever he hit. But I was like, I guarantee you his batting average is under 250. I think it's under 220. Actually. Yeah, I guarantee um, you Schwarber hit his 40 something bomb the other day. He's probably under 210. <laughs> so I mean Yeah. And and you know what? Now now you're looking at players like Brennan Davis coming up. You're looking at players like like PCA. In in Rizzo's place, you might be looking at somebody like Matt Mervis coming up and, and there's yeah. legitimate excitement there. Rizzo um, 225. Yeah. BT dub. <laughs> so I I I don't know. He had 30 home runs. I'm sure I'd be happy with it if he was here in Chicago. Yeah. I'm sure it'd come with better defense than the Cubs got at first base this year. But but either way, I just I 
I don't think you're looking at Rizzo on the Cubs in 2022 at a huge salary and saying we've got him for another four four to five years and yeah. you're really that excited about where the Cubs are headed. Well, you realistically have to look at it as if Rizzo was still on the team, four other guys wouldn't have opportunities. And it's like, yeah, you'd still have Anthony Rizzo if that's what you wanted, just like to have him finish his career. And at some point, that's what I wanted. I was like, there's no way, like, I saw them trading Bryant, saw him trading Baez, but I was like, there's no way they trade Rizzo. So when Rizzo was the first one to go, I was like, all right, they're completely committed to this hasn't worked for years. We have all these guys that we're building in the minor league system that you guys, if you hang around, like you're going to be pretty happy with the product in the next couple of years. And I think people just shook their head and was like, I'm never watching a game again. And it's like, well, you were never, you were never in it to begin with. I was like, you act like 2016 was like year a hundred of like this streak. I was like, they were awful for five years prior to that. Your Cubs fandom shouldn't, shouldn't be limited to the, to the current five years. Yeah. Hopefully you've been a Cubs fan for a while and you're going to be a Cubs fan for a, a while longer. So, yeah. I was like, I've been at plenty of those games in 11 and 12 where they got their teeth kicked in and we had a game to go to tomorrow <laughs> where you had to watch them get their teeth kicked in on back-to-back days. It's like, I've been there. I don't why, I don't know why people pretend like they haven't seen it either. And if they haven't, then they just started watching six years ago. So if this is like the worst thing they've ever seen was this season or last season, I was like, you don't know pain at all. <laughs> I was like, you must not have owned a TV or known anybody that followed this team because I'm sure they were miserable. Mm-hmm. But it's like they have all these guys coming up that, I mean, the, the team just based on who they have in their system, I think it's going to be extremely better than it was this year just based on who they've gotten to test out and what the rotation could look like. And they're finally developing pitching. I mean, that was always their biggest issue was that Theo had to grab free agent pitchers because they didn't have anything in the system. He went for Lester. He went for, you know, uh, he traded for Chapman. And I was like, and everybody's like, well, you know, there's no reason why they had to get rid of, you know, Glaber Torres or whatever. He was their, going to be the future at second base or shortstop or whatever. And now you look at that and you're like, no, first of all, they don't win 16 without Chapman and Torres wouldn't fit into where they're at now. Anyways. That's that's very true. Yeah. I think Yadier Molina's market value is not listed. So I hope he goes away. (laughs) (laughs) Says he's making $10 million this year. He's also the oldest catcher in this free agent list followed by 42. Uh, he'll be 41. Oh, yeah. But I mean, 10 years older than the second oldest guy, Wilson Contreras, Gary Sanchez will be 30. I never, I never asked you that. What, what was your opinion on, on the Cubs spiel with, with Molino and, oh, uh, they, and pull holes, but they will give them their number from yeah. the thing. I mean, like giving it to pull holes. So I was like, that's one thing. I mean, he was, he tormented us for so many years and then he went to the American leagues when he came back. There was a part of me that was like, oh, like, like, this is nice. And then when they also like walked Molina up there and I was like, no, 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 (laughs) get this son of a bitch out of here. Do you think the mound visit that Ross had before Hughes um, gave up that home run to Pujols was to tell him to throw him some meatballs? I hope not. I mean, I don't think any of those guys would admit it, but I have to assume that on this like farewell tour, that there's no way that some of these guys weren't like, Albert, you're, you're like, you're my hero. 
like do you, fastball. <laughs> do you remember that at bat? Yeah. I, I I don't know if you were watching it live. I distinctly remember thinking that the Cubs intentionally were throwing at meatballs. Yeah. Brandon Hughes throwing throwing fastballs. I think he threw two in a row down the middle of the plate, like ninety to ninety two. Yeah. And he's a sliding a slider <laughs> a slider first pitcher. Yeah. I I couldn't believe it when it happened. Well, like I can't imagine that some of these guys would do that, but also I'd be like, if I had the chance to like pitch against my childhood hero and I knew he was going for 700 home runs, I might think about lobbing it. <laughs> so, so at the time, Pujols was still chasing A-Rod. In home runs? In home runs. And I, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Or it was a direct order from the commissioner. It was like, hey, the sport's dying. Lob pull holes. So let's get him 12 more in 30 days. What did he end at? 703 or 704? Um, I think he's got I think it's 70. It might be 704. Yeah. No, he just hit one, I think, yesterday. I mean, how do you feel about um the Aaron Judge like home run, like single season record? And it's like, yeah, how, and how many times do you have to scroll? To see Aaron Judge on the list, I think he's like seventh overall. Seventh overall, like um, in home runs in a single season. They're like eradicating like Barry Bonds is seventy three and like, seventh overall in total seasons. Or is, is there anyone who's ever like, done over sixty in multiple seasons? I, I, I think Sammy Sosa answer. did it. So it's, I think Sosa, Sosa and, and McGuire did. It, I'm pretty sure in multiple seasons. I think so. That's why they're like, you know. I mean, it is it is yeah, like, amazing. Yeah, like Judge, amazing. like you know, beats the record, and it's like whose record? Oh, look, I understand what you're doing. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think what how how are they wording it? They're saying it's the American, American League. League. That's yeah. what it is. All right. Yeah, American it, League which single is season record, right? Yeah, which right. eliminates Barry Bonds in the National League. I'm pretty sure Sosa had. I mean, I think he, what, had, he had sixty. 66? Is that what he had? Yeah. Like I'm pretty 66 sure. Sixty-six or sixty-seven. I actually don't know. I don't. I don't know those numbers at all. I know. I. I. I want to say the year that McGuire beat Sosa was like by what two home runs? Um. Yes. No. Four. Was it four? Yeah. So seventy-three. Barry Bonds, two thousand one. Mark McGuire had seventy and ninety-eight. Sosa had sixty-six and ninety-eight. McGuire again sixty-five and ninety-nine. Sosa 64, 2001. Sosa okay. sixty-three, ninety-nine. Aaron Judge sixty-two, twenty. 22. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh on the list. If you're counting just people, then he's one, two, three, four. You know, there is there is one thing to be said about it. Um, we're in a, a not steroid era right now. The dead ball um, era. Yeah, the dead ball era. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, that's, I mean, that's my thing. I'm like, I'm not taking it from him. Like, I understand like all these like news outings that are like, judges done it. American League single season record. I think they initially were like single season record. And I think they probably had to like block comments and take off comments of their Twitter it was like uh American League single season record. And I'm like, I understand what you're doing. So, so so I was like, you're eradicating four guys who I was like, first of all, I don't think Barry Bonds ever failed a drug test. I was like, I'm pretty sure everybody assumes he was on steroids, but I think every time they tested Barry, he got away with it. Yeah. So you know, like like I I don't have anything against Judge. I, he's obviously a great player. I would love it if he ended up on the Cubs yeah. next year. Um, the only thing I think with all this this stuff that's going on with him chasing the, these records is um, it's just annoying to me that it's the Yankees. 
Yeah. It's annoying me that, that it's the Yankees, and it's annoying to me because um, I'm a shameless uh, Cubs homer. And, <laughs> and, and like, I, I think it was home run like 58 or 59 the judge hit the next day that was all over the headlines in, in major league news and it was the yeah. same day that Wesneski threw an immaculate inning yeah and there's no mention of it which <laughs> like of course there's no mention of it the yeah. Cubs are no name like yeah. below 500 out of the playoffs a month ago team yeah and, and Aaron Judge is the most exciting thing in baseball right now but like I said in my in my little world where I'm just a Cubs fan <laughs> It was a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. I was more annoyed by the Aaron Judge stuff rather than the Albert Pujols. And Pujols tormented us for years. Like, I was just like, oh, like, look at this geezer, <laughs> this 42-year-old man <laughs> who we thought was out of our lives 20 years ago. I was like, he signed a 10-year deal in 2012. Yeah. At, at 30. <laughs> How about that team? Mike Trout and Albert Pujols. <laughs> they had one playoff appearance together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a first round exit too, wasn't it? Mike Trout hasn't been to the playoffs <laughs> since 2014. I think, I think he's got like eight like plate appearances in the playoffs or something like that. And now Otani will probably never see the playoffs. Did, 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 did a picture ever come up? I don't know if you even looked at the time. Um, Joe Madden with his mohawk. Oh yeah, when they fired him. <laughs> There's a lot of reports that say like like I just typed in Joe Madden and it's Joe Madden White Sox. Oh my goodness, you're kidding me. I mean, you I, are kidding like me. I don't think it's been an actual like linked to. I think everybody's like, oh, like let Joe take over the White Sox. Like look what he did for the Cubs, and it's like like we can go back and forth on. <laughs> how parentheses or quotations, how great Joe Madden was. But I'm like, you know, with Tony La Russa being gone, everybody's like, oh, like Joe Madden could use a job. If there's anyone that could kickstart a revolution, it's Joe Madden. And I was like, yeah, if you like game nights and pajama parties. <laughs> they should bring Ozzy back. Well, I think uh, what's his face? Rick Hahn was like, you don't need to have worked here before or played for us or whatever to be a prerequisite for like getting a job with us. And I was like, okay, so just say you're not taking Ozzy's phone call. <laughs> I was like, you have him on the, like, what is he on? Is that uh, Comcast sports? Yeah. Is that when he's like completely dogging him after every game? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you need somebody who can like actually like look at the players in the face and be like, you were dog shit today. Yeah. I was like, not the like Tony LaRusso, like falling asleep in the dugout. Like, do we lose? I was like, yeah, Tony, we got our asses kicked. And he's like, oh, well, there's always tomorrow. We're off tomorrow. Tony, what schedule are you looking at? And he's just like, oh. And I was like, Ozzy Gian, I think at one point, like I had even said years ago when they were looking for a manager, I was like, I didn't like him when he was with the White Sox, but I was like, they're looking for like a kick in the ass. I was like, you're probably looking at Ozzy Gian. I mean, I don't know if a manager is the the answer for them, but I mean, our answer is David Ross. So <laughs> I was like, I can't imagine once the team like becomes competitive again that they're gonna like still is, have him be at the forefront. Is um, nothing against him, but I mean, is Renteria still managing somewhere? I don't think so. No, he can't be right. They the White Sox should bring him back. I actually thought he was he was pretty good as a Cubs manager. 
before in the Cub Scout rhythm, I, I was just as, as, as excited as the next person until I realized who Joe Madden was <laughs> as a manager. Yeah. But, um, you realize that Joe wanted the job and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. I think he's not with anybody. Um, Let me check here. Yeah, he was with the White Sox until 2020. And then, yeah, I think he's nowhere right now. But looks like he managed the Cubs in 14, White Sox 17 to 20. And then, yeah, that was it. So Ricky Renteria, free agent, 60 <laughs> years old, like 40 years younger than Tony La Russa. <laughs> that dinosaur saw probably like, he's probably super excited the pull broke the record. He goes, I remember talking to Babe Ruth. <laughs> and that cabbage under his hat used to drive me nuts. But yeah. Let's see. I have the trivia for today is Cub Legends. I almost wish I would have done like legends quotations like Alfonso Soriano, like oh <clears throat> like Alfonsega with his six fingers, <laughs> <laughs> like Kosuke Fukudome, <laughs> like been like Cub Legends that like after a few plate appearances were like, oh, like these guys are the goat. <laughs> I remember Kosuke was going to bring us out of our slump. I think it was the, the opening day home run where everybody was like, Kosuke's the man. Do you remember before uh, Chris Bryant, there was, what was his name? Mike Alt. Mike Alt. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, this is my year. And they were like, oh, we're going to call up that kid. And he goes, ah, some kid. He, he got Who like cares? A, like a concussion or something, didn't he? Yeah. That, that was like the end and, of it. Yeah, and that was like what opened the door for them to like wait on Bryant for two weeks or whatever and then call them up and – Say la vie. <laughs> and Mike Alt went back to like Japan or something, like like the Brian LaHare when they were like, Oh, like we just traded for this kid, Tony Rizzo. And he's just like, Yeah, some kid. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, you just lost your job and you were reading the newspaper, like, ah, oh, this 20-something-year-old kid's gonna take what I've earned. He's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, he's the most notable first baseman in Cub history, besides maybe Mark Grace and <laughs> Derek Lee. I mean, are you anticipating that maybe not completely different, but that the players that didn't work this year, they can pretty much almost replace them with somebody else in the system? Like you if mentioned, they maybe can no. Or if they will, I guess those are those are two different questions. I mean, I Wait, mean... but you're thinking, uh, what's his face? Mervis at first. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I think. I think they could replace him with Mervis at first. And I yeah. think I think if you're going to look at, at what they're doing, um, if you look at, in my opinion, what they've done with the Arizona Fall League roster this year, is it yeah. seems like they've loaded it up with players that they think, or at least in my eyes, that I would think are going to be guys who can make it to the major leagues next year. Yeah. So Brennan Davis is on that team. Um Bailey Horn is on that team. I don't know if you remember. He, he was yeah. the guy who came in the in the Tapera deal with mm -hmm. the White Sox. Um, he, I think he's kind of on the cusp. They have that Zach Lay is on the team. So I don't know how much you've looked into him. He's he's kind of like like a like um like an Estrada light. I don't know if you remember yeah. Estrada late in this year. He came up mm -hmm. big, big fastball, ninety mile per hour slider. Yeah. Zach Lay. Um, he's a high 90s fastball guy. He's got about a 90 mile per hour slider. 
Um, another guy, this, this Sheldon Reed, he pitched today actually in the Arizona Fall League. I, I, I think he's somebody who might show up. So I, I don't know. I guess, I guess the real question is, is, um, will they? But, but if you're going to say could they, I, I think they definitely could. I know in the in the past three or four years they've signed what what four to seven different bullpen arms every every yeah. offseason. and they tend to be nobodies, but they they mean they're nobodies. Well, they're, well, they're all guys that, that, yeah, that they can career. take a chance on that are low risk. Correct. I, I don't really necessarily think they need to do that anymore. I think they have enough bullpen arms um, in their currently in the major leagues who can who can hold it down while their younger guys piece it together. So, yeah. so if, if they need to have somebody like um like like Rowan Wick in the yeah. high leverage situations, I don't think he's he's a long-term fit there. But if, if they need to have him sit there while Estrada figures it out or while they could get somebody like, like Zach lay up into the majors and while he figures it out, yeah. or even somebody like Elzele figures it out, I think Elzele could be, could be a, a real high leverage situation reliever yeah. down the road. Um, I, I think they could do that. I don't really think it's necessary for them to sign all these, these MLB, I, I guess I'll call them like, like career MLB players, but, but not somebody that, that you're looking at is, as somebody who's going to turn around the team this this year, you know they they signed Br and Simmons. I don't think they need to sign guys like that either. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what Morell is there for. Yeah. I think if they keep McKinstry, I would think that's what he's there for. Do, do you think they move Morell to third? I if they go after like a free agent no. shortstop, put Nico at second. I think Morell starts next season in center field. Dave, David Ross actually said the other day that. Um, the Cubs 2023 left and right field is already taken. My field, what happened? Suzuki? Happened Suzuki, which means the center field is really the only spot that's open. I don't see Brennan Davis starting the year with the Cubs. No. I, I also don't see him not making his way up to the Cubs next year. Yeah. So I think at some point he takes over in center field next year. I just think opening day, I think center field is, is Chris Morrell's to lose. Yeah. But I don't think he'll – I mean, he could lose center field and still be in the lineup every day. <laughs> but That's that's correct. But I in, in my mind, I think the Cubs sign a big-name shortstop this offseason. Yeah. And between Horner and whoever that big-name shortstop is, they cover either second and short or, or short and third, which leaves the Cubs with two middle and – or two, two infield positions to, to, yeah. that are open – I mean, you saw Wisdom at first base this year. You saw P.J. Higgins play first base. Contreras has played first base in the past. I mean, do you think any of these, like, let's see. Um, Justin Turner is a free agent third baseman. He'll be 38. Evan Longoria will be 37. <laughs> but do you think it behooves them to have, you know, a, have a veteran third baseman? You know, in the middle of the year, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, who who are guys like a hot the Hosmer again at first? <laughs> yeah, like who who are guys that that aren't the top of the market that the Cubs might be able to go after and actually improve their team somewhere? Yeah. Um, and one name that comes up to me is um, Candelario. Had a very bad year this year. Yeah. Um, but he is a really promising player. And they, I think, in the past they played him at good. first and third. Correct. So they play him at first and third, and those are two positions the Cubs are in need of. Um, yeah. I don't think he's a free agent, but I, 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 
I mean, like if, you, if you're going to talk probably about probably available by trade. Exactly. And, and yeah. so like when you're, when you're looking at players like that, that's kind of where my mind goes is, is maybe reclamation pro- projects are who the Cubs go after. I, I don't yeah. think they go after free agents um, that they're going to throw a lot of money in specifically to pay play first base. Yeah. I, I just don't see that happening. It's possible. I mean, I mean, it's, mm. you know, possible that they don't like go after a free agent first baseman just because like once Rizzo was out of the way, it seemed like first base was going to be a revolving door until they figured out a permanent solution. I would anticipate once Brendan Davis is called up to play center that Morel's playing third, Nico at second, maybe as Sander Bogart's at short, and then the outfield of Hap Suzuki, Davis, and then, I mean, DH too could be. Yeah, I mean, it opens and, the door as well for somebody. You can't else. forget. I mean, the amount of outfielders the Cubs have that are on the cusp is is um, getting yeah. out of, out of hand. Um, they still have. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Alexander Canario, who had yeah. thirty-seven home runs this year <laughs> for the Cubs, yeah. and ended in Triple A. I I kind of think he's going to get traded personally. Um, I think he's he's the ideal candidate to be traded. Well, that was always the issue was, you know, when you look at all these like players and stuff and you're like, oh, they're all listed at outfield. It's like, well, there's no way like all eight of these guys make it mm-hmm. without either being traded or having to switch yeah, I, positions. I suppose it's possible that, that somehow they, they drag it out long enough to move on from Hap yeah. in left field. And then all of a sudden another position opens up and, and give some of these guys a little more um, – room to break into, into a major league roster but i i first of all i don't think that's that's such a great move just because the cubs um lack of left-handed bats yeah but um i i guess that's another possibility i mean how shocked were you when they didn't trade ian hamp like did that to you signal like haps in it for the long haul or they just didn't generate enough buzz or if if I had to guess, I would guess that last year's trade deadline brought in so many high name prospects. And um that, that maybe Jed Hoyer thought that he needed another big name prospect. And if he didn't have that, it would be it would be looked on as a loss. And I think because of that, maybe he didn't pull the trigger on some I, I also think um Juan Soto pretty much ruined it for the Cubs this year. I mean, yeah. if, if you looked around the league and you looked at the, the teams that were most likely to give the Cubs something substantial, it would have been the Padres. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have been the Padres probably asking for some combination of Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ yeah. and, and maybe another player. Um, so I, I think I think all the Cubs' uh, eggs might have been in that basket. And when that fell through – well, he completely torched the market. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think a lot of people were were in on San Diego just because of how like deep they were, and then when they got Soto, they were like, "Okay, well, now the Padres aren't taking any more phone calls, so now we need to scramble to find mm-hmm. other places for these, you know, players that we thought for sure were going to be moved." Like how Hosmer ended up on Boston, like <laughs> that was like. But I think he like didn't he. He have to like waive that. Yeah, I think I think what it was was um, 
they initially tried to move him to Washington. Yeah, he and said he had, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know how the rules work on that. I think there's like a certain number of teams that you're allowed to say no to. Yeah. And so we exercised that for the Nationals. Well, I think it ended I up being the worst crazy. team in baseball. So, I mean, I probably would have been like, ugh, no, I'll, I'll retire. <laughs> I don't need to play for Washington. <laughs> Just think it's funny how, like, dramatic – the fallout was from them winning the world series and then like completely just like getting eradicated. I mean, from the, the year they won it, they, they were an underdog. And I yeah. think every single series they, they were in. Mm-hmm. I always found it funny that it was the first year without Bryce Harper that they won the world series. I don't think it correlated at all, No, but I think that was the first thing people. John Gomes was, was catching on that. I know. <laughs> I think, was it Gomes that they said caught, um, I think it was, whether it was an immaculate inning or something like that. I thought that, that it was Gomes. Several. Yeah, that it was like five or six of them that he's caught. And it's like, well. I mean, he's, he's caught for so many legends, so. I mean, yeah. the, the pitching staffs he's caught for. Yeah. He was, he, I, I think he was in Detroit when Detroit used to have that dominant rotation. Well, when they had Verlander, Scherzer. Yeah, exactly. I, I, um, think, I think he caught – for, for Detroit at that time, and then to the Nationals. Wasn't there a third guy in that rotation that was like lights out? Was it Granky? Did Granky pitch there? I don't remember Granky pitching. I don't remember. There was a third, third guy. Can't remember who it was. Like his word was Verlander, Scherzer, and it was somebody else, and it was like astonishing that. Like all these guys, it's like the Marlins when they had Yelich, um, Ramuto, and somebody else. And it was like, Ozuna, isn't that what they had? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, and they could never <laughs> like figure it out. Yeah. It was like, it's just one of those things where when you like look back and like read the list of like players, and he's like, wait, like they never figured it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I'll think of the name two weeks from now. Yeah. But, I mean, you're thinking in 23, they're going to get a free agent shortstop. Don't have to make too many free agent moves at first and third because they can fill those gaps for now and then go after starting pitching. Yeah, and and, and I, I know we've talked about this in the past. I just – I don't see the Cubs accepting that they need to – take somebody with a qualifying offer. Yeah. I I don't see the Cubs wanting to give up that, that second round pick. Um, I think anybody attached to a qualifying offer, I just I just don't think the Cubs are going to go after them. And I think maybe maybe you'll see their names in reports of being interested, but yeah. I, I just really don't think that's what's going to happen. I think I think you're probably going to see the Cubs try at least try to trade for some kind of starting starting pitcher who's maybe approaching arbitration yeah or has a couple of years left or I, I like I really do I think I think the Cubs go to Japan and and try to throw some money at at um at Senga. I mean I got nothing to lose mm-hmm. it might as well I mean if Seiya ends up working out I mean Fukudome didn't necessarily work out but I mean he was older. Yeah. 
Well, I, I thirty-two or so when yeah. we came over. I always forget how young, like Saya is. Yeah, Saya is twenty-eight. Um, I think he's the exact same age as Ian Happ. Yeah. So if you think about it from that standpoint, I mean, I I've never thought of Happ as an older player. Ooh, Ian Happ. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think now that I've Senga. I think I think Senga is like twenty-nine or thirty. Yes. Yeah. Let me think here. Um, what's it call it? Rick Porcello was the third one on Detroit. Oh, okay. Was Verlander Porcello, Scherzer, Robbie Ray was also on that team. Yeah, but Robbie Ray wasn't. Well, wasn't yeah. What he is now. Drew okay. Smiley, David Price, <laughs> um, and then they had uh, Eugenio Suarez. <laughs> um, let's see who else they had. J.D. Martinez. Yeah, they had Tori Hunter. Da, 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 let's see. No, they had McCann and Alex Avila. But right. They also had Cabrera, Ian Kisler, Nick Castellanos. <laughs> that was the 2014. They, they were a playoff team. Yeah. They just never. They finished first in the AL Central and then lost to the Baltimore Orioles <laughs> in the ALDS. They got swept by the Orioles in 2014. So, man. I was really hoping that Baltimore was going to pull it out just because, I mean, I'm super excited that Seattle made it. I don't know if they have a chance in hell, but I mean, I just don't want to see any combination of St. Louis Yankees. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, hopefully it'll be all on some network, some app that we don't get where I I don't have to. I think the Braves might run it back. I mean, I'd be happy about the, the Braves running it back too. I just don't want to see like, the Padres don't care about that. Like it's Cleveland versus Tampa. Like give or take whichever one, because they get the Yankees. Whoever wins knocks out the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Then it's Toronto, Seattle. Either one of those teams, I want to knock out Houston. You've yeah. got St. Louis, Philadelphia. I want Philadelphia to play the Braves. And then Mets, Padres. I don't give a crap about that one either. But then they play the Dodgers. And say, so I don't want the Dodgers either. So the winner has to come from either Atlanta or Philly because I don't like the other five teams. I just think it's funny how Philly just just can't put it together, though. So, I mean, they were on the verge of not making it at all. I mean, that the Mets were supposed to win the division. The Dick's Sporting Goods in New York had printed like "We Run the East" T-shirts, and then like their <laughs> like record completely tanked. And they had to re- release a statement like uh, that shipment was supposed to come um, weeks from now, but we, you know, put it out at the request of our owner. And it's like, no, you guys got cocky, printed the stupid shirts. And, and it's like the East runs through us. And it's like, no, the East ran through you. <laughs> You're right. I wonder if I could get a hold of one of those t-shirts. <laughs> you probably could, or they torched them all. But I mean. I just always think it's funny when you see stuff like that and it's like, oh, why would you, why would you print that? If it's not locked in, don't print the shirt. But I digress. Um, We can move to our Cubs Legends trivia. I've stalled enough time for you to think about (laughs) who the Cub Legends were. I don't don't think this is going to go well. I mean, some of these questions I think are going to be pretty good. Pretty good meaning. I might have screwed you on a couple of these. <laughs> but we can figure it out. Sure. Um, 
Question one. Mark Grace was a three-time All-Star for the Cubs in 93, 95, and 97, but the Cubs never reached the promised land in his career. He did, however, win a World Series in 2001. What team did he play for? What? <laughs> he wasn't with the Cubs in 2001? No. Oh, my goodness. Who won in Was it the Yankees? No. <laughs> Where did they, when, when did they win two in a row? Uh, that was 90, 98, 99, 2000. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who won in 2001? It was an American League te- or a National League Cardinals? team. No, it was a National League team. I'll tell you. So they won dramatic Game 7 series against the New York Yankees on a walk-off hit by Gonzalez against Yankees closer Mariano Rivera. So it was against the Yankees. In the World Series, yeah. In a game, in a dramatic game seven, it was the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh <laughs> when did he leave the Cubs? I thought he was on the Cubs in 2001. It's probably 2000, unless he got traded like mid season to the Diamondbacks. Let's see. Yeah, when I was writing these questions, I was like, I'm just going to load the questions with a lot of words and then. Get to the point of the. Let's see. Yeah, he was on the Cubs, eighty-eight to two thousand. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, let's see. Andre Dawson, the Hawk, is one of the best players to ever put on a Cubs uniform, but unfortunately, only spent six years in Chicago. What unconventional method did Dawson find to sign with the Cubs? This one I forgot about and then remembered when I was looking up Cub legends. So I don't even know if you, you probably never even heard the the story, but just on the off chance you did, I put he's, it in a tribute. He's question. not the one who, who signed the blank check, is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. There you go. Yeah. So, There's one. <laughs> yeah. Dawson's famous for giving the Cubs a blank check and letting them pay whatever the team wanted. So it ended up being five hundred thousand dollars plus incentives that got him to six fifty. And in he won some. What did he win that year? I think the year before he won Rookie of the is Year. That, is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. I So I, I have heard that story. Yeah. Because he won. Yeah. I mean, he was like a <laughs> hot commodity. And I think the Expos or whatever it was had offered him a two-year, like $2 million deal or whatever. But because of the like market or whatever, he thought he would like test it elsewhere. And he basically told his um, like manager or agent or whatever, like, I want to play for this team. Like, how do we get there? And they had concocted this thing to like, let's try just handing a team a blank check and saying, I want to play here. Like, let's figure this out. But Andre (laughs) Dawson said years later that they went into that meeting, not planning to negotiate. So he's like, thank God they said 500,000 because he's like, if they said anything else, we had already told them straight up, like, I'll accept whatever you give me. I was like, they could have been real a holes, <laughs> and he turned down a, a million dollar deal. Was. Yeah, I bet you the league yeah. minimum was. Yeah. Oh my god. But I mean, it's it's pretty ballsy to, <laughs> to go in there, but that counts, right? As one. Yeah. All right. I wasn't sure. I was like, I know I've heard the story, and I didn't remember it until I was looking up all these like legends, and I was like, oh, like if he's heard it, then he's gonna nail us because I mean, there's no other person that's done it. So. <laughs> Uh, Rick Sudcliffe cemented his place in Cubs lore when he went 16-1 and after being traded from the Cleveland Indians. Sudcliffe will go on to win the National League Cy Young Award that season after helping to lead the Cubs to a division title. What year was that magical run when the Cubs won the NL East? 
Oh boy. <laughs> I looked at the like standings for the NL East. And it's always oh, funny boy. to see I'm like not even gonna guess this. <laughs> it was 1984. 84. <laughs> yeah. Before my time. Which was when they were still in the NL <laughs> <Yeah>, East. <exactly. laughs> yeah, I basically just looked up all these legends and was like, oh, some of these questions are gonna be stuff that I didn't know. <laughs> Uh, the K-Kid Kerry Wood made his first appearance in the Major Leagues on April 12th, 1998. In his fifth career start, on May 6th, he threw a one-hit, no-walk, 20-strikeout shutout against what team at Wrigley Field? Oh, boy, what team was that? I've literally watched that game like 10 <laughs> times. Why do I not understand? I thought about making you name the catcher, who he was like throwing, oh, who, who, who he was throwing to. <laughs> Man, who were they playing? But I was like, that's probably too mean. <laughs> good team. It was a really good team, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a division rival. Man, who was that? Catcher was Sandy Martinez, <laughs> by the way. It was a division rival. Yeah. So it was in 1998. So we were six. So... <laughs> I think it was. It wasn't the Pirates, was it? No, I think it was the last pitch was a like outside slider. I think that like should have been a ball. Yeah. Like shouldn't have been swung at all. Who was it? Like? That was the Houston Astros. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, they, I, there was I, a lot of lefties in that lineup, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had a lot of those guys like reaching. So. Yeah, I almost made you name the catcher, but I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. So I was like, I, would, I, I, I wouldn't I do that. I think I watched the game like twice this season, actually. On the marquee network. <laughs> no. Let's see. You and I can attest to how excited we were when the Cubs signed John Lester in December 2014. In six seasons with the Cubs, Lester had gone 77 and 44. Lester is a two time All Star with the Cubs and finished in what place? In the Cy Young race in 2016. Oh man! So Arietta won the Cy Young in 15. Yeah, Arietta won, which means that 2016 was the year Hendricks was dominant. Hendricks finished third. I would guess Lester's behind Hendricks, so I'm going to guess fifth. Um. So first was Mad Max, and then. Okay. John Lester. No way. Did he really finish? Hey, he, was, he was second in, uh, in <laughs> Cy Young. <laughs> what was his ERA that year? Um, in 2016? Yeah. I, Hendricks dominated um, everyone that year, didn't he? I, mean, I, I was expecting it to be the other way around. I thought for sure Lester was um, at least like third or fourth. Let's see. 2016 would see Lester put up the lowest ERA of his career, 244. And I'm, I I can almost guarantee that was higher than than Hendricks. Probably. Let's see if um, I think Hendricks had more strikeouts, more wins. Let's see. Twenty sixteen. I know they were all pretty like. Pretty dominant that year, but I thought for sure Hendricks finished before Lester. Let's see if it'll tell me. Um, probably not. We can look it up. 
wait are the computers uh, freezing <laughs> uh, question six before bulldog keegan thompson could run <laughs> mad dog greg maddox had to walk but he didn't walk too often in 2012 the term maddox was cemented into baseball history for when a pitcher throws a complete game shutout and fewer than 100 pitches maddox had done that 13 times in his career how many Cy Young awards did Greg Maddox have? Oh man. We'll tell you they were all back to back. They were all back to back. Like I I know it's less than his gold gloves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably got a, I think he got a gold glove every year. <laughs> yeah. Um man, back to back. Yeah. Like all at once, or they were back to back and then back to back. Like blank number in a row. <laughs> One of them was with the Cubs. One was with the Cubs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It couldn't have been later in his career. They had to have been in the 90s. So the first so one. So the first 92? one was the Cubs. Yeah. 92. And when did. I'm going to say four. So 92, 93, 94, 95. Yeah. <laughs> four seconds. <laughs> back to back to back to back. Oh, my Yeah. My favorite, Greg and Maddox. I, I bet you he won the gold glove all those years, those same years. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. There's so many like good Greg Maddox jokes. Like, hey, did you hear Greg got a dog? Poor thing hasn't been walked in years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Or it's, Greg Maddox was hired to paint somebody's house, but he was he got fired almost immediately because he just painted the corners. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Would you say his gold gloves? Yeah, I'll look it up right now. They probably it's probably every year. Um, gold glove. I'm trying to think how many years he spent. Oh my gosh, he won eighteen. How many seasons did he play? Twenty. Couldn't have been too many years where he didn't get it. Let's see. It had to have been like three or four years. That is crazy. Four times Cy Young Award. 18-time gold glove <laughs> as a pitcher. I remember, like, when he'd throw, he'd almost, like, jump stop, mm-hmm. like, after every pitch. But is, is Strowman one in as a pitcher? Gold glove? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He's somebody I always think is, is fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, question seven. Your grandparents might tell you that Ron Santo was their favorite player, and others will probably tell you he was their favorite Cubs radio broadcast announcer. Ron Santo is beloved by Cub fans as one of the best players in Cub history. He played primarily the hot corner third base, but played six positions in his career. Where did he play the second most in oh his Cub career? Gosh. I'm going to say first base. <laughs> second base. Oh <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> uh, Slamming Sammy was the heartbeat of Chicago Cubs in the 90s and probably Peter and I's favorite player from when we can remember our first games. Mm-hmm. He's the Cubs' all-time home run leader and should be welcomed back at some point in our lives for saving baseball with Mark McGuire. In 1998, their historic home run chase captivated baseball fans all season. How many home runs did each finish uh, with? I remember from earlier this, this episode, <laughs> 70 and 66. Yeah. But when you asked, like, oh, he was like two away. And I was like, 
damn it. <laughs> I was like, I remember, oh, I, four. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't remember how many McGuire had, but I, I, I did remember 66 from Sosa. Yeah. Sosa actually led going into the last like week of September. Do you and, that, the, and then you had none in like seven games and yeah. McGuire like had eight or something. And, and you remember they like, it was like every time the Cubs played them, like when they played each other, it was just madness. Yeah. It was crazy. Like 15 every- to 14 oh. games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember they had at the bottom, like the home run counter. And I was like, is this the greatest day of my life? <laughs> uh, let's see. Fergie Jenkins won the Cy Young award in 1971 and went 167 and 132 as a member of the Cubs. Fergie was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 91 and had his jersey number retired by the Cubs. I won't ask you what the jersey number is. (laughs) Cubs have had some terrific starting pitchers tow the rubber at Wrigley Field, but Fergie Jenkins was the best. Who did my wife think was Fergie Jenkins at the nil tap a few years ago? (laughs) Did she think he was a Cubs player? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. She called me and said, hey, so-and-so is at the bar. And I said, no, <laughs> she's got to be clueless. She did she say like Ernie Banks or something? Ernie Banks. Oh my god! <laughs> and for context, this was May or June, and Ernie had died in January. Oh my! <laughs> and god. she was like, "You should come to the bar right now. Ernie Banks is here." And I said, "No, he isn't." She's like, "No, I'm pretty sure he said his name was Ernie." And I'm like, "No." <laughs> she's like, "Well, he plays for the Cubs." And it, he said his name was Ernie Banks. And I said, if you're seeing Ernie Banks, the bar is haunted. <laughs> and, and then she like screamed at him like, hey, like, who, who are you? And she's like, he says his name is Fergie. And I was like, Fergie Jenkins is at the bar. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, I went over there. <laughs> I was like, I probably should have ran faster. She said she saw Ernie Banks. I was like, here's my chance. <laughs> I was like, don't get him to cross over yet. Yeah. I want to buy the I want to buy the ghost of Ernie Banks two shots. (laughs) Speaking of the greatest cub of all time, Ernie famously said when the Cubs were stuck in last place, it's a beautiful day for a ball game. Let's play two. Pearl Jam's frontman Eddie Vedder named the Wrigley concert series Let's Play Two to honor Banks in 2017, the summer after they won the World Series. For those reasons, Ernie Banks' nickname was what? Mr. Cub. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, I might just it delete. Like the, a true yeah. Question. <laughs> yeah, that's why I just fill these questions with as much words as possible, and then at the end, be like, "What was my birthday?" <laughs> was he like, "You should stop doing I was that." The whole time, I was like, "Man, I can't get Mary Banks question." <laughs> that's why I was like, ah, "I don't want to like set him up to fail on this Ernie one." So I was like, "I'll just put the Mister Cub thing," and I was like, "If he gets Mister Cub wrong, <laughs> I was like, I'll just cut the episode short at nine questions." <laughs> So how did, how did I do and what you thought I was going to do? So I figured the Ernie one was going to be uh, right. Figured the Fergie one was going to be right. Sosa I figured right. Um, Ron Santo was hit or miss. That one I wasn't sure of. Um, I figured you'd get the Maddox one probably just by deducing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Lester, I thought maybe you would Man. you would have said third or fourth i can't believe i don't remember that because that's that's generally something that i have very yeah. strong opinions on is is who should win the side every year <laughs> yeah the Sutcliffe one i was purposely trying to trick you because they were in the nl east so mm-hmm. you had to basically know when they came over to yeah. the central in order to narrow it down uh the andre dawson one i wasn't sure but was glad that you knew that one mm-hmm. then the mark grace one 
I figured you'd probably think Yankees. If I said 2001, you probably thought Yankees and then figured, I don't remember Mark Grace ever playing for the Yankees. I didn't. Yeah. And I'm just saying, I know they won it a ton. Yeah. Right around them. I think they won. Me and your dad were looking up how many World Series Jeter was in. I think it was like six or something. He was in six. Yeah. I think they won four. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Well, that's all we have for episode 27. Same number as the greatest current player of our generation, Seiya Suzuki, <laughs> followed by a close second, Michael Trout, whoever the hell that is. <laughs> if you've been following Aaron Judge's quest for the seventh most home runs in a single season, stop because that's lame. Want to know what isn't lame? Following us, us on our official Instagram account <laughs> at Trivial Arguments and following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's where you can leave a review like this one from Jack in Green Bay. He says, Chicago's way better than the whole state of Wisconsin. The cheese hurts my tummy. Not sure how that relates to the episode, Jack, but thanks for the kind words. Uh, before we go, Peter, name one player the Cubs need next year that you've not mentioned already, and you cannot elaborate any further than the name. So one player the Cubs need next year that you haven't mentioned already, and you can't go into detail. Show <laughs> Okay. Whoever that is. <laughs> Uh, bye. We have outro music now. So enjoy. <laughs> Happy October. <laughs>